The Howling Monkey Radio Network presents Dispatches of Note. A list about movies, part four. As must happen with all things, our exploration of the American Film Institute's list of the top 100 American movies of all time draws to an end. We're inspired to do this series by the Unspooled podcast. Unlike them, we, well, we haven't actually seen all the movies and we didn't really feel like doing anything in depth. But they did, so if you want actual substance and knowledgeable commentary, check out the Unspooled podcast with Paul Shear and Amy Nicholson. But if you just want some quick jokes, well, you're in the right place. So here is part four of our four-part series. If you want to check out the other three, do so wherever you get your podcasts, or just go to howlingmonkeyradio.com and look for the show there. And hey, if you like this, please rate us on iTunes, share the link, and be nice to us. We're kind of fragile. Anyway, let's get this show on the road with number 24 on the AFI list. 24, E.T., The Extraterrestrial, 1982. A little gray man eats Reese's Pieces, hides in a closet, and wears a wig. This movie made grown men cry, mainly guys who worked in the marketing division of M&M's. 23, The Grapes of Wrath, 1940. I think this was a feature-length film based on the Fruit of the Loom commercials with those talking grapes and leaves and whatnot. I, I didn't see this movie. 22, Some Like It Hot. 1959. Two guys dress up like ladies to escape mobsters or something. It's like a single joke sketch from a 1980s episode of Saturday Night Live that stretched unnecessarily into a feature-length film. Pretty much like all movies based on SNL sketches. 21. Chinatown, 1974. The most exciting film noir about water rights and incest that you've ever seen. Directed by a convicted criminal who's in the movie as a knife-wielding loon who spouts dialogue that is totally incongruous with the rest of the movie. 20. It's a Wonderful Life, 1946. A loving look at how nepotism and incompetence in the savings and loan industry ultimately caused the housing bubble to burst and triggered a mini-depression several decades later. 19. On the Waterfront, 1954. A longshoreman laments that he could have been a very good boxer. 18. The General, 1927. Buster Keaton messes around on a train and stuff. 17. The Graduate, 1967. A young Dustin Hoffman learns about plastics and love. Basically, it's a less funny version of American Pie, and it's got that Simon and Garfunkel song in it that has really nothing to do with the movie other than it mentions the character's name. 16. Sunset Boulevard, 1950. This movie has everything, including a funeral for a monkey. This inspired a Carol Burnett sketch and made a good case for hiring German butlers. 15. 2001. A Space Odyssey, 1968. More monkeys! In this one, the monkeys are taught to murder each other by a slab of marble. Then guys travel in space looking for more slabs of marble. Then a computer goes all homicidal. Then there's a 20-minute LSD trip. And then it ends. 14. Psycho. A man with mother issues enjoys taxidermy and stabbing. 13. Star Wars. 1977. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, a movie created a generation of man-children who convinced themselves there was something deeper going on than a pulp space opera, and then they got increasingly angry when the filmmakers made sequels that didn't follow the blueprints they themselves had drawn up in their minds about someone else's intellectual property. 12. The Searchers, 1956. Some cowboys search for something. I don't know, maybe it's gold. 11. City Lights, 1931. Charlie Chaplin's third entry in the list, which is excessive if you ask me. I mean, honestly, couldn't they have given Mel Brooks one of these slots? I mean, one of his funny pre-Spaceball movies, obviously. Anyway, I'm fairly sure that in City Lights, no one ate a shoe. 
10. The Wizard of Oz, 1939. A young girl, an animated scarecrow, a robot laborer, and a carnivorous beast murder a couple of women and demand gifts from an old man. 9. Vertigo, 1958. A private eye gets dizzy while chasing around after Kim Novak. 8. Schindler's List, 1993. This one belongs on the list, and that's, that's all I'm going to say about it. 7. Lawrence of Arabia, 1962. Peter O'Toole attacks a train and rides around in the desert for approximately 18 hours. 6. Gone with the Wind, 1939. I will argue that this is the most overrated movie on the AFI list. And if you don't agree with me, well, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. 5. Singing in the Rain, 1952. A movie about movies, with lots of singing and dancing and whatnot. Donald O'Connor is far more entertaining than Gene Kelly, and I will fight you on this. 4. Raging Bull, 1980. The ultimate Scorsese-De Niro collaboration. It's in black and white, there's lots of punching, and Joe Pesci makes a big impression. Kathy Moriarty never quite blew up like you would have thought she would have after you watched this. Come for the boxing, but stay for Jake LaMotta's weird lounge act. 3. Casablanca, 1942. This movie is better than it has any right to be. In fact, it was so good that maybe four decades later, there was a very, very bad TV series based on it, starring David Soul in the Bogart role. Because anybody worth their salt will tell you that David Soul was the latter-day Bogart. In a plus, the show also had Scatman Crothers, so that's something. Anyway, this is just a great movie with fantastic dialogue, a stunning Ingrid Bergman, wicked Nazis, and Sidney Greenstreet in a fez. Number two, The Godfather, 1972. Remember earlier when we did Godfather 2 and I said it was probably better than the original? No, that, that's nonsense. The original practically created our modern view of the mafia. Brando is outstanding, James Caan is volatile, Al Pacino's journey is mesmerizing, and Talia Shire's in it. Abe Vigoda's best role, in which he is not named Fish. Number one, Citizen Kane, 1941. Well, you knew we were headed here, right? And frankly, Citizen Kane probably does deserve the top spot. I had always assumed this would be a very boring movie, but you know what? It's not. As the poster itself said for this movie, it's terrific. Basically, it's the story of a media mogul who loves sleds. The movie is the best use of a snow globe that was ever seen until later in the finale of St. Elsewhere. This was Orson Welles at his best, though I really wish he could have snuck in some magic tricks or something. Well, there we are. A hundred movies and maybe eight or nine solid jokes later, we've completed the Dispatches of Notes analysis of the AFI's top 100 American films of all time. But more importantly, perhaps we've ginned up an interest in people subscribing to and rating this stupid podcast. Honestly, th this was a lot of work for the five people who listen to this thing, and that's on a good day. So, you know, help us out. Come on. Oh well, that's it for now. Until next time, please refund my MoviePass subscription. That didn't work out as expected, but honestly, that thing just did not have a viable business model. Anywho, don't let your love of movies ever fade to black. This program is brought to you by Law Dog Productions, LLC. We're on the web at HowlingMonkeyRadio.com, where you can find our other shows and content. You can also learn about ways to support our efforts there. You can reach us through our email address, info at howlingmonkeyradio.com.